to a bonus episode of News to Reviews. My name is Zach, and I am here with my fill-in co-hosts, who fill in for Lockie whenever he is either sick or just straight up just doesn't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> we have, first up, oh, Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us. You, you, you jump on here all the time, and it's always fun to get you on. You're getting shout-outs in all our reviews. Shout-out to Adrian. Yeah, legend. <laughs> Welcome back, mate. Thanks for being here. Oh, mate. Pleasure. Always. I like having this uh, trivium of the three of us here. It's always mm. a good time and uh, lots to talk about and have fun with. So, yeah, no, a pleasure. Oh, yes. Oh, I love these bonus episodes where we're not just, like, reviewing stuff. We're not talking about what's in the news. We're just getting into the minutiae of the shit that we really love and speaking of the shit that we really love i love a podcast called <laughs> what do you think about this Ooh. And we have one of the hosts of that podcast and my housemate anthony thanks for joining us thanks for having me zach yeah same same with aaron i just love doing these i love this dynamic we have going here of the fellas the boys as it were <laughs> discussing <laughs> video games the boys the fellas oh, yes <laughs> and uh speaking of video games this bonus episode is where we've we've each picked two of our favorite video game characters of all time and we're going to tell you about them but before we get into that Anthony where can people get into your wonderful podcast that you put out on the net so yeah you can find what Jaden and I do at uh over at what do you think about this podcast uh video game movie television everything discussion podcast we should be releasing a new episode probably before this one comes out um about maybe <laughs> something we'll discuss in this episode ooh we'll see ooh. um ooh maybe someone in this podcast appeared in that episode ooh ooh, ooh Aaron <laughs> <laughs> um, knew it <laughs> knew it um but yeah you can find us over at on Spotify Apple Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts and you should be able to find us over on Twitter at W-D-Y-T-A-T pod. Uh, you mm. can message me there or whoever's there in charge of it at the, at the time uh, if you want to either appear on the podcast or if you want Jaden and I to appear on your podcast or if you just want to talk about something. Hit us up. We're always there. Oh, yes. And if you enjoy What Do You Think About This or you enjoy News to Reviews or you enjoy any podcast and it you know it gives you a little little something to look forward to, during your week, the best way you can help that podcaster out is by leaving them a rating or review wherever you happen to be listening to that podcast is the best way you can get their potty into the ears of more peeps. It costs you zero dollars and a fraction of your time, 30 seconds. You can even just, you know, hit hit the stars. You don't even have to bother writing your review. <laughs> just hitting those stars really helps us out and very much makes our days, you know. It gives it feels like we're getting a bit of feedback when we're screaming into the void <laughs> that is the the podcasting universe. Mm. <laughs> love it. So, yeah, gentlemen, I'm I'm super excited about this one. I love narrative and video games, and mm. one of the most important parts of any narrative is the characters. And that's why, yes, this episode, this bonus episode of News to Reviews, is our favorite video game characters of all time, lads. 
you, you, you two are the, you're the co-host, but mm. you're also the guests. <laughs> Who wants to get us kicked off here? Uh, I'm going to throw it to Aaron, because I think oh. I started off the last one, and okay. I just like putting him on the spot. <laughs> you could tell by that twinkle in your eye that you got some enjoyment you out do of it. <laughs> you do it. I do it. All right. Uh, no, thank you, Zach and Anthony. I'm looking forward to having a chat about these two that I've selected. Um, now, the good thing is, I think uh, my kind of history in gaming uh, primarily wasn't the same as yours in regards to consoles. So I don't think we're mm. going to be crossing over here. Um, and I'm more okay. than sure that the first one I'm about to mention now is definitely not one that's in your wheelhouse uh, of characters. Okay. So the first one I'm going to mention, and you might even have to type this one up, uh, Zach and well, Anthony, I actually believe he'll know it because he's a <laughs> big fighting fan. So he probably Ooh. knows this one, but oh, I think yes. Zach might need to be typing this one in. I so mine that I picked for my first one is Full Gore from Killer Instinct. Yes. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. I, knew I got it. I knew you'd pick Full Gore. I love him. I love mm. him so damn much. Uh, Full Gore from it's KI. A cool character. Yep. 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 And I think um I think what draws me the most to Full Gore out of like all characters is I just really 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 love his design. The the design is so damn unique. And you know even now in fighting games like there's been you know machines robots in video games before. Um, and, and presently now, but none that look anything like Fulgore and how he's designed kind of thing. Um, that's a shout out to Kevin Bayless, the, the, um, Mm. the designer of that game. Yeah. It's, it's an iconic design because as you say, it's, we, we're kind of used to what robots, I guess, should look like. And there is something I, I, you know what I always got from Fulgore is like a predator kind of design, like yes. the predator in the full predator suit of that. Ooh. It's like, well, it's humanoid, but like, like, it's, it, it, but clearly isn't. It's that like weird, like, well, what is it? And mm. yeah, the more you look at it, and like, um, I think the, yeah, the appearance and all its different ways it's been shown. Obviously, Ki One and Two look fairly similar, so there's not a huge gap. But like, even the um, Ki Recent. 2013. Yeah, that and how they designed Fulgore, where it's it is a bit more mechanical, I think now rather than just the armor plating kind of covering them up. But it is such a cool design and such an like interesting, I think, um, idea, I guess, for this character of the yeah the robot with these two plasma blades coming out of its arms. Just it it is an immediately iconic design, and I hundred percent get why you're behind it. All right, so yeah, just following on from what you just said there, Anthony, I totally agree with you. Like, um, it is such a unique design, um, and that's what catches your eye the most about this, and why it's on the front cover of both, or, or yeah, mm. both of the games as well. Just really quickly, I got a little bit of a snippet here for all the audio listeners or people that don't know too much about Killer Instinct, um, just to kind of design uh, to give you an idea of what the design looks like. So it's inspired by a fully armored medieval knight um, with mm. the head resembling like a hume, it's called, a H-E-A-U-M-E. Um, it's the type of helmet. Mm. Um, it has glowing red eyes slanted into a death glare. Um, <laughs> it's most it's most conspicuous, conspicuous knight-like features is the orange plume-like extension that protrude from the helmet at the back of the mm. head. Um, like as back in the day, most medieval knights had a plume, um, in their their helmets. Um, and yeah, like the frame of it is kind of designed to be like a bulkier beefed up Terminator kind of feel like, cause Terminator is more of an endoskeleton. This is one that's kind of bulked up, 
but yeah. in that um in that kind of inspiration there. And uh the the one of the most interesting things around the design was I actually tweeted um a few I think a week ago I tweeted mm. um uh about the front cover of Killer Instinct uh 1994 on the hmm. uh, Super Nintendo, and I tweeted to Kevin um, Bayless, the creator, and I just said, I absolutely love this design. It's so iconic. I remember Fulgore like more than anything. I just love what they've done there. And Kevin wrote back saying that it's his favorite character. Um, the reason why he wanted to put the, put this character as the uh, box art character is because uh, they were playing around with silicon graphics at the time, which is the same graphics that Jurassic Park, the original film, was made, one that Rareware got um, access to. And they he really, really loved the non-organic look of Fulgore because most of the other characters are organic in Killer Instinct. Um, but this one just looks so good because the chrome shined really well. It really showed uh, what the silicon graphics could do back in 1994, and it was a massive standout. Um, and he became iconic, like based upon that look. So, mm. um, so yeah, that's uh, that's my character, Fulgore from Killer Instinct. Love it. Is Fulgore's appeal to you entirely an aesthetic thing, or is it also to do with how the character plays, or how they characterise it in the game? Does he get anything to say? Does he have motivations, or is he just? Terminator killing machine. <laughs> so no, I was just yeah, I just opened up saying about the appearance of Fulgore and what's iconic and the look. But no, I absolutely love uh, what Fulgore does, uh, his move sets. Mm. I love the story as mm. well. Um, so with Fulgore, uh, his move sets are like he has a blade dash. So he can kind of like slide on his knees almost uh, with his blades out to uh, initiate a combo because Killer Instinct back in 94, that was its um, like that was its selling point was combos, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because Mortal Kombat had, you know, your gore and your blood. Uh, Street Fighter had like your special moves and all of that kind of fancy flashy stuff. And um, Killer Instinct was all about combos. And he slides in wow. to open up a combo. He also has an eye laser as well. <laughs> So, like, he shoots this beam out of his eyes like Superman kind of thing to also initiate combos or even during combos to link them together. Um, mm-hmm. He can also teleport, mm-hmm. which was really cool as well. So, you can be nailing into someone from the front and you could teleport nail into them from the back as well kind of thing in the same combo. Fucking um, instant transmission. What? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the cool Was this before Dragon Ball Z did it? I don't know. Yeah, like, so with that, like, Dragon Ball Z, right, it kind of just goes to (laughs) when a character fights in Dragon Ball Z, it's kind of like a a wind or an air kind of frame that comes up and then they disappear. Mm. Um, Mm. But with Fulgore, he kind of actually does a stance when he disappears kind of thing and teleports, which looks really cool as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I love his movesets. He's Mm -hmm. in the first Killer Instinct. He was the second to last boss before Idol the main boss. Mm. And if you're not ready for Fulgore, mate, he will just wipe the floor with you kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, I, I don't I haven't played too much of Fulgore, sadly. But everything I see online of videos of people playing him, it looks very high execution, high skill. Um, but also the coolest shit you'll ever see, where it's just, oh, like, yeah, you you dash in, you slice them up, you teleport behind them, you dash back in, you keep doing that shit, and you just, oh. Chain it up, like chain it up. Yeah, ex- exactly, the chain combos and all that. Like, crazy, crazy-looking shit from Fulgore, and I think that is a huge appeal as well of not just visually how the character, like, looks as a robot man, but, like, 
visually how their moves work and how that all ties together yeah. with yeah the robot aesthetic of like yeah what they do and the technology and how they use it it's all uh, yeah i agree with you 100 percent. very cool and very fun i think as well very fun to just look at this robot do cool shit <laughs> that's awesome would it be fair to say that Killer Instinct, you know, sort of led the way for fighting games in, in some sense? Because oh, yeah. f- saying that they focus on combos, it, it sounds to me, I, I'm, you know, someone from the outside looking in, I'm not in the fighting game world, so you can correct me here if I'm wrong, Anthony, but it seems like combos are one of, if not the most important part um. of a fighting <laughs> game to, to get right. And so, like, that that's, that truly is leading the way. It, it Yeah, well, I'm not going to get too into it, but yeah, like, Combos didn't really become a thing until later in the nineties, um, mm. and I think Killer Instinct did lead the way a little, a little bit in this because awesome. even when Street Fighter had combos, it was like, oh, you did five hits, maybe ten at most. Like mm. Killer Instinct was like, you keep going. It, it's 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 that's where we get the famous like ultra combo like announcer like because you did like fucking forty hits or something. Now, eventually, mm. other games would adopt this. If you're familiar with, like, Marvel vs. Capcom or, like, uh, uh, anime fighters, as they're known. Like, anime fighters can get up to, like, 135 hit combos, which is like, fuck, yeah. I've, I haven't touched the controller in a minute. What are you doing to me, man? Like, but yeah, Killer Instinct 100% led the way in, like, um, pushing combos uh, and, like, very long, very intricate combos uh, as a gameplay feature. Um, as opposed to, yeah, as you mentioned, like, Mortal Kombat early on, combos were not a thing. It was, you were there for the gore and, like, the mm. kind of goofy characters. And Street Fighter was, yeah, 100% about the special moves and the mechanics around those special moves and how you use them together with other things. So, yeah, Killer Instinct was combo focus, and that really, it is actually, that's another thing. It really did change the industry um, because I don't think a lot of um, Japanese or even Western studios would have adopted combos as a huge like deal of like let's get combo numbers to go like up to like 60 70 80 whatever because killer instinct was doing the early work and getting it into people that combo numbers can get high (laughs) oh very cool they also introduce like things like combo breakers as well Mm. so like you're getting a combo done against you and it's like racking up to like you know 10 we're going to 15 it's getting high if you can do the right move if you're on the defense you can actually break the combo and Mm. like uh Mm. the player will get thrown back and take damage and it comes up with the announcer combo breaker and it just feels so (laughs) good when you nail it um It, it was yeah, it was so so good. Mm. But just coming back to the designer Fulgore, and just just uh, my last points on him is, he um he absolutely stunned me when I was nine years old playing Killer Instinct for the first time, and I was playing with Fulgore. And back then, I didn't really know the move sets. Right, it's all about just hitting buttons, and this is fun. I did a I did an ultra combo. Uh, no, what is it called? An ultimate combo. It's called ultimate, mm. which is like a fatality, right? So the killer mm. instinct. They decided to put fatalities in there as well, and oh. I watched my cat. The whole screen goes dark, and I watch Fulgore just transform into like three times the size with like machine guns on his hands. These turrets that just come <laughs> out of his arms, and he just starts like laying into the opponent, like shooting him just 
like a pinata oh. kind of thing, just just getting hit and pulverized, and then they fall to the ground. All this blood comes up, and it's ultimate combo. And, <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. like shivers mm. down my spine. I could barely like. <laughs> I was just in absolute <laughs> shock. I'm like, that was the coolest thing I've seen in my entire life. Um, oh, so, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> go full RoboCop. Hey, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. last thing I'll say as well is um, they did a really good job with the story as well, uh, like the, the character stories of these characters too. Like during the game, you get an intro um, where it will come up. Uh, if you don't press it, press start or anything, you put the game on, you turn it on, you just leave it into idle. It will come up with a few different intros of all the characters. Um, and there's like a wall of text that will just explain what's going on with each character. Fulgore was created by Ultratech, and Ultratech is the company, like DOA, I guess, um, that run the fighting tournament. Um, mm. And they are a big conglomerate who are designing this robot, and they put the robot into the Killer Instinct tournament to see how well it does. And if it does really well, then they're going to mass produce Fulgore and Fulgore is going to be an extermination bot kind of thing that mm. can just take oh. over and destroy everything. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a really cool. So he's the Terminator basically. I love it. That's, that's, essentially, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, essentially. Now, before we move on from Fulgore, uh, Aaron, uh, what are our chances of seeing some more full gore in the future? Is there any more Killer Instinct around the corner, or is this a dead franchise? <laughs> well, Anthony knows this pretty well. Uh, well. I thought it was dead after Killer Instinct 2, to be honest with you, which was like 1996. Yeah. And then when they brought out the Xbox One, um, they decided to make KI a launch title, like a reboot of mm. KI. Um, mm. And they introduced characters steadily over the course of a few months. So it was a free-to-play game. They only had four characters to start with. Um, and then they started drip-feeding you more characters as the game developed. And now it's a, you know, it's a full game. Um, there hasn't been anything since KI on Xbox 2018, One. 2018, I think, is the last update we had for them. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. But recently, only this year, they've decided to move servers um, which there hasn't been any updates, like Anthony said, for many years. And now they've decided, okay, well, we do want this franchise to continue. So let's upgrade and move servers. So they've moved the game over to new servers. And there's a lot of talk saying that the Xbox showcase in the next two weeks could bring back KI. Oh, uh, and I'll lose my shit. shit. There'll be tables flipping. Mm. There'll be <laughs> lots of swear <laughs> words. I'll be losing my mind if that happens. That's that's awesome. Oh, yeah. By the time this episode is released, because I believe we'll d mm. do this in the, the second week of our two-week break, then oh, that, yeah, that showcase know. should have already happened. So this is, yeah, this could be a very poignant character to have picked, Aaron. Uh. I hope for your sake that it, that it does. That'll be very, very cool. I'll be excited for you. I, I would like, yeah, for Killer Instinct to come back in some way. That'd be nice. It would be. <laughs> yep. Be like a go. kid at Christmas again. Ooh. Oh, yes. Well, I feel like a kid of cr kid at Christmas waiting to hear Anthony's first character that he's picked. Anthony, what do you got for us? No, it's, it's very interesting that we started with um, one of your favorite fighting game characters, Aaron, because we're going to talk about one of my favorite Ooh. fighting game characters, uh, from Sorry. a similar franchise around the same time, uh, Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Oh, shit. Yes. Like, I... It's... There's... So there's a lot to love about Scorpion. Um, obviously, iconic design, and I think almost every iteration of the design gets it right. There hasn't been many... Yeah. There pro actually, there probably has, 
But at least in recent versions that I've seen and a lot of the stuff that we're seeing, especially with like the upcoming Mortal Kombat 1, they just, there's, mainly because Ed Boon loves Scorpion, he, I think he refuses to let a bad Scorpion design out into the world. <laughs> I feel like if, if someone was doing a bad Scorpion design, he'd call them up and be like, now you need to change everything you did and make it good because <laughs> my, my boy isn't coming out looking shit. Um, now, obviously, the characters dated back to 1992, with obviously the first Mortal Kombat. Um, my favorite actor has always been um, Patrick Seitz, I believe is how you pronounce his name, who started, I want to say, in the reboot game, or maybe the one, maybe in Mortal Kombat versus DC, I'm actually not sure. Oh, yeah. um, he started around that time. So he's probably been the voice you've heard if you've played Mortal Kombat nine ten if you've watched any of the recent animated movies with him sadly he wasn't in mortal kombat 11 uh they replaced him with another actor and that actor does a fine job but honestly patrick seitz has this he's probably the only one who can do the get over here as well as like original ed boone um where he has this like very guttural very like like i'll get over here you're like fuck you um (laughs) But, like, yeah, beyond just, yeah, visuals, uh, gameplay, he's very fun. We've obviously, like, the, yeah, the get over here. Like, you throw a thing at your opponent, you pull him in, and you do combos off that. He has the back teleport, which is fucked in most games. <laughs> it's actually banned in a few where it's, like, you just teleport behind your opponent, <laughs> fuck him on the top of the head. It's like, all right. Instant uh, transmission and- once again. Love it. Exactly. And I think he also has, like, a, a down teleport move where he, like, burns himself into the ground grab comes up and grabs you and like pulls you down yeah oh there's so much cool shit and again depending on the game you get access to other things a thing i loved in mortal kombat 11 despite my issues with that game they gave him a sword so when he does the get over here and pulls you in he then like can you could do a combo where you like slash the sword up and down a few times and then knock them back and then start a new combo from that it's like there are crazy things to love about scorpion his story is a little generic, but also like perfect for Mortal Kombat, if that makes sense. Or it's like this is a goofy, this is a goofy world with goofy <laughs> characters. That won't sound awful. I'm sure there wasn't a huge spike there. Uh, <laughs> Anthony just th- bumped the mic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure it sounds lovely. It'll be fine. Okay. You're gonna get fine. over here on the mic. <laughs> get over <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. Um, but it's the story is perfect for the goofy world that is Mortal Kombat of a guy just on a revenge quest against um, a, a rival clan of like he's fire, they're ice. Like blue and yellow, this whole dichotomy, like dichotomy, and sometimes they're friends, sometimes they're enemies, and there's all this lore around them of he's like a revenant from hell, and like oh, all this crazy shit that's in the in the you weren't uh, universe of Mortal Kombat about um, Scorpion. But all in all, it it really does just come down to he is a cool looking character, similar to Fulgore, who does cool looking shit, mm-hmm. and that kind of does just sell it for me. Um, mm is just that, like, yeah, that, like, cool character doing cool shit, especially in a fighting game. Because um, there there are some characters where it's, like, you you might like the character design, but they don't play very well, yeah. or you might love the way they play, but you can't stand the character design. Um, or, like, you think the, like, or in this case, like, you like the voice actor for one character, but you don't give a shit about the rest of them. It's, like, 
Scorpion in that Mortal Kombat 9 to 10 and other stuff um, surrounding it with Patrick Seitz as Scorpion, I think is like perfect. It, it might be the best like Scorpion, probably my favorite Mortal Kombat uh, performance and character in general. I don't think anyone can really touch it in terms of the video game stuff. Maybe maybe movie Shang Tsung coming back in Mortal Kombat 11 because that was pretty baller, but... Overall, got to give it out to Scorpion. What do you guys think? <laughs> I got to say, one thing I love about Scorpion, right? And I played every mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat game as well. I love fighting games. Um, yeah. Number four, MK4, like in 1998, <laughs> I think it was, right? <laughs> it was the first time that I could put the name Scorpion to actual Scorpion kind of things. And what I mean by that yeah. is like his <laughs> fatality in MK4 is to actually transform into a massive scorpion and, like, <laughs> grab the player with his pincers and then use that, I don't know what it's called, like, the back uh, kind stinger? of... Stinger? Stinger, yeah. Yeah, Tail, yeah. yeah. And he, like, rip, he like sticks the back stinger into the chest of the opponent as he's holding him and just rips the body off kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's scorpion. Like, they, they've just done it. They, they've made scorpion scorpion. I love this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny you bring that up. Um, so, cause if you, if you know Mortal Kombat, you know, there's like the different fatalities. There's animalities where people turn into animals. They, they famously fucked up where (laughs) they, because, um, Scorpion wasn't in original Mortal versus, uh, sorry, Mortal Kombat was, uh, Scorpion wasn't in Mortal Kombat 3 original. He was in ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. In that game, they gave Shiva the animality where she turns into a scorpion and kills you. So when they got to, when they added scorpion, they were like, "What do we have to turn into? We already did the scorpion." It's like, yeah. how did you not think that through? Like, what, do you, what, what was the logic there? Oh, dude. Oh, it's. Oh, it's funny. I also like as well when they they make him look more scorpion-ish as well. So like in Mortal Kombat versus DC, if you look up the cover of Mortal Kombat versus DC, he's on the front cover clearly, um, and he's got like a kind of like a scorpion plate kind of mask. Like the yes. mask itself looks like a scorpion plate, and same with his armor. And I thought that that was a really good design to kind of make him look a little bit more scorpion-ish as well. Even though he's a ninja, right? It still looked good. Yeah, a hundred, a hundred percent. Yeah, um, I'll just throw it to you, Zach. Anything? <laughs> oh, look, uh, un- unlike both of you, I'm not a massive fighting game fan, but mm. I still know Scorpion <laughs> very well. I don't think you could have picked a more iconic character. Maybe Ryu from Street yeah. Fighter would be the only one that's up there with it, especially the you know the get over here move where you pull him in. I think it's that and the Hadouken are the, like, the two most iconic moves from any yeah. fighting game. So I totally oh, yeah. understand why you pick this character. Its design is fantastic as well. So nice. They did it twice with the <laughs> ice character, Sub-Zero. <laughs> I didn't mean to rhyme that many times, but it happened. Um, yeah, it, I, I, I feel you, man. It, it, it Awesome character. Um, yeah, I love it. Is, is there anything else about, about Scorpion that appeals to you? Like, obviously, yeah, design... Uh, the voice acting, depending on the version, mm. um, the the pl- damn play, and the story arc is actually depending again on the version you're playing. But the recent story arc of what happened in MK nine to eleven, I think, is very interesting. Of you have him kind of going on his like redemption arc of where he gets revenge and he realizes, like, I didn't like that. It's like, and now it's like, 
like my clan's not coming back and I have nothing now. Like I have no purpose, I have no goal. So throughout ten and eleven, he's kind of going on this redemption quest to make things right. He like wants to fix the relationship he has with the Ling Kuei, who are Sub Zero's clan, to you know, it's like, yeah, I get it. Like, I'm sorry I killed that guy, and I've been kind of on a revenge quest against you guys. I realized I was kind of wrong, and I want to just make things better for both our clans. And that's, by the time you get to Mortal Kombat 11, where the the clans are working together, you have the, like, Sub-Zero and um, uh, Scorpion are basically besties at that point. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we, we, we got over our differences. We realized we were both kind of wrong. It's cool. <laughs> Oh, Although that no. is Sub-Zero's younger brother, who uh, is not the one who originally died. There's a whole thing. <laughs> Fucking Christ, fighting game <laughs> stories. Oh, yeah. Oh, dearie me. Look, I was actually going to to lead off with another character here, but I think mm. I'll... You, you mentioned Scorpion going on a bit of a <laughs> redemption arc, and one of ah, my character stuck. choices <laughs> definitely had a redemption arc. It was in the title of the fucking game ah. that they were in. I am talking about Arthur Morgan from Red mm. Dead Redemption ah. 2. I love you, Dutch. Dutch. <laughs> I love you, Dutch. You have, you have to trust, trust me, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> a character so iconic that we have made this terrible impression of him (laughs) for years now on this podcast to the point where we're actually quoting shit that never happened in the game there is no point where arthur turns to (laughs) turns to dutch and says i love you Dutch." but in my mind yeah no we're going full broke back mountain and and yes yes they are that's the fanfic that i want to read uh but arthur morgan is just such a fantastic character and voice acted to absolute perfection by Roger Clark. Oh, it is so good. So, Red Arthur Morgan's only ever been in one game, and that was Red Dead Redemption 2 that was released in 2018. And for reasons, it's probably likely that we're not going to see Arthur in any more games. Maybe, who knows? Maybe, maybe, you never know. Yeah, Rockstar has been known to do lots of <laughs> prequels. So, <laughs> maybe we will see some more Arthur. But, holy shit. Rockstar, I think, are up there with Naughty Dog and CD Projekt Red as having the best writing and characterization in the video games industry. And I I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is probably, for me, the best example of characterization and, and great video game writing that has ever existed. The writing in Red Dead Redemption 2 is unreal you just want to listen to every single conversation see how it plays out and a big part of that is arthur morgan because he's the vehicle in which you're exploring this beautiful open world and he's the perspective that you are coming from whenever you're interacting with any of these entertaining characters and i could have picked dutch as well i could have picked so many characters from this game just because they're all so well written and so well fleshed out but arthur morgan clearly takes the cake for me 
you start off, as the game might suggest, as, you know, someone who's probably got a bit of a grey interpretation of, of how morals work in this crazy Wild West world. And over time and after certain events hap- happen, including uh, uh, Arthur coming down with tuberculosis, he starts to change his perspective on the world and goes on his redemption arc, thus, you know, Red Dead Redemption. And holy shit, going along for that journey is fantastic. You get to play Arthur how you want to play Arthur. That comes down to not only do you get to make certain choices, which will affect your honor in the the Wild West world, which really, if you make a lot of evil choices, uh, Arthur does have a very different arc and does <laughs> end up in a very different place in the story, which is great. But if you make the, which is the way I played through it the first time, the honorable choices, you, you also get this very satisfying story arc where Arthur really learns that he's, uh, what he values and stuff. We're, 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 all, we're sort of all in the wrong place and he learns really t- what he should be valuing and what he should be looking for out of life. And it was oh, just such a fucking good journey to go on and not only that you could pick how you you choose to play him you could also pick how he looked when you played him so you would you'd see someone else's arthur and he would look completely different to your arthur like i was always about having that big beard and the slick hair but you know some people go for the old timey mustache or the clean shaven look or one of the many other hairstyles truly truly great character in the writing and the visuals Voice acted to perfection. Fucking love it. Lads, what what do we think of Arthur Morgan? Yeah, I love him. I think he's a great character, a really good choice for Rockstar to change it up um, with the protagonist uh, in the second game. Um, I really love... What I love about Arthur Morgan is the multiple traits that he has, depending on who you're talking mm. to as well. So, like, earlier in the game, you uh, take a captive from the rival gang with you into your... Um, party for a little bit there um, as you're trying to squeeze information out of him about the rival gang and all of that. The way he talks to that character is so different from the way that he engages with his um, with his camp. And also when you do the Mary Linton side quest as well and you learn about he had a girlfriend at the time and then they got engaged and there's a whole nother story there kind of thing. But the way that he talks to her... Um, is just so different as well, but it works so well. And there's this conflict between Mary's father never respected Mary's brother and didn't like Arthur as well. And the way that he tells that story is just fascinating. So I reckon that's an incredible pick with Arthur Morgan. Mm. Oh yeah. And am I, am I remembering correctly that you may or may not, or maybe it was uh, your wonderful Mrs. Rash who did this, ordered a cameo from Roger Clark is that not right? Roger Clark not Arthur Morgan that was a cameo from uh who's the protagonist of the first game again James uh who is it oh James Marsden no no not James yeah that was that John Marsden John Marsden was John the Marsden, uh, sorry yeah yes. he was the protagonist of the first game and I can't recall the actor who played him at the moment <sighs> But that was the cameo okay. that Rochelle got because ah. she absolutely loves Red Dead Redemption. Ah. Nice, nice. Alrighty, it was getting mixed up. Yeah. I believe Roger Clark is on cameo, though. You can get some <laughs> there <you go>. Roger <laughs> Clark cameo. So, yeah. Ah. Uh, have you had any experience with Arthur Morgan, 
that's uh, it is a shame i have not um Ooh. my experience is purely through the i love you dutch meme <laughs> that, <laughs> that is my exposure to arthur morgan is i love you dutch um, but but in saying that just even the way you guys are talking about the character now how um as aaron brought up the multifaceted relationships they have and the way they interact with people the choice of obviously how you can make him look but also how you can approach his story where it's like if you want to take him down a bad path where he kind of doesn't learn a lesson do it like see what happens or if you want to do the yeah the the path of he's learning and like he's growing and changing you can do that as well and you you are in a way rewarded either way because you're rewarded with exactly kind of what you should get if you keep going down that path of like um continuing to be like a bad person and doing bad things whereas if you like are trying to improve yourself as through uh, arthur morgan you are rewarded with the ending that he gets there i'm assuming um so yeah super interesting um sadly yeah just haven't played the game uh will probably be one of the many that i'm adding to my list of yeah i've got to get for all these 500 hour games oh. <laughs> uh. now this is one it, it is available on pc so people mm. can play it with all the best settings but this is one that for me being a console pleb i would really really love to see get a remaster for mm. playstation 5 right. and xbox series yeah. x because it still looks fantastic. I, I was playing the PS4 version this year uh, whilst waiting for Jedi Survivor to come out. I, I decided to jump back into it for a little bit. And it's still such a gorgeous game and one of the, the most responsive and the most interesting open world I have ever played yet to this day. But uh, where was I going with this? Um uh, but but yeah, the PS4 version runs at 30 frames per second, wow, which, you know, a, a steady one, 30 yeah. is fine, but holy shit, this game at 60 FPS on the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X would be a fucking lovely experience. I would pick mm. it up in a heartbeat. Um, oh yeah, and if you're looking at picking up a Roger Clark cameo, it'll set you back $227 Ooh. dues. Well, actually, that's, that's US, U- US that dollars, your- sorry. Yeah, so oh. it's going to be even more. It'd probably be like, what? That's like 350 Australian to 400 Yeah, like 350 You bet you really better <laughs> fucking either like Roger Craig or you better love someone who likes Roger Craig because, like, R- Roger that's a Clark, lot of yeah. money. Roger Clark, sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. Of, a, I'm thinking of a different actor. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe one of these days for um for news <laughs> to reviews, one of the anniversaries, I'll get a cameo just so I can get him to say, I love you, I love Dutch. You, Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Dutch. <sighs> oh, dearie me. Yeah, absolutely fantastic character. And speaking of fantastic characters, Aaron, what was your second choice? Good segue, and you already did kind of segue <laughs> by picking a rock star character, because my next one is a rock star oh. character as well. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> from nice. the incredible writing desk of Dan Hauser uh, comes mm-hmm. Max Payne. Um, uh, and oh, I okay. absolutely nice. love Max Payne. Now, I said writing desk of Dan Hauser. We're talking about the third game only in that one because Remedy made the first two games. Um, and the yeah. third game was made by Rockstar um, and with with a lot yeah. of influence and a lot of working with Remedy, but not Remedy themselves mm. that made the third one. I picked Max Payne. This is 2001, we're talking. 
So that was, uh, I think it's PS2 oh, and Xbox, the first Xbox that came out um, in 2001. Yeah, it would have been, fir- been first, yeah. Actually, yep. I'm not even sure if it was on PS2. I know it was on PC and Xbox, but I'll have to check that on PS2. I think the I, fir- I thought the first Max, I thought it was a PS1 game, the first Max Payne. Nah, no, 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 no. Not if it's 2001. PS1. 2001 has to be PS2. Yeah, are you check- yeah fact check me on that, Anthony. I'm not sure if it was according to my research <laughs> um yeah the the game the first game came out on it might just be pc it came out Xbox. 2001 it came out no it came out on playstation 2 Excellent. xbox yeah. uh game boy advance <laughs> <laughs> the superior copy no doubt it of only course. came out two years later you know right in time um, yep 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 no thank you so it was on all but the yeah, consoles no, uh yeah yeah it was on it Everything. Everything except GameCube, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah, no, incredible, incredible game. Uh, I picked Max Payne because I really like his story. I really like the character development. So in the first two games, um, he is a man who's been kind of he's a fugitive undercover cop. He was framed for murder. Um, he was hunted by the cops and also the mob. Um, it all comes down to his wife who was working at a pharmaceutical company and she exposed some really deep shit with that company. Um, that company then sent druggies to her house and killed her and the, and Max's uh, newborn child as well. Um, so Max's yeah, first right. game was kind of like a, a revenge mission to try to undercover what's going on here and, mm. and, uh, and, and try to, you know, get some sort of, um, yeah, some sort of redemption for, for, for what's happened. Um, and I really Ooh, loved redemption. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Red That's what I was saying. It's a good, yeah. um, yeah, good, uh, <laughs> a good segue. <laughs> But I, I really liked the voice actor, James McCaffrey. Um, Ooh. He did such a great job in the first two games because in the first two games, it was, he was, a le- he was even though like shit was out of control, he was still pretty level-headed um, as a cop mm. then. And he kind of knew, he, he, ha- he was focused and he knew what he needed to do. And he speaks in a monotone voice, but he still had direction and purpose. And that really came out really well. And that's a credit to Remedy. Um, but mm. when it really, really got good with Max Payne is when Rockstar got the keys um, and Dan Houser's incredible writing uh, was, you know, given to James McCaffrey again. And, oh, my God, Max Payne 3 is the reason why this this character for me is so incredible. Um, he, you know, Max Payne 3 is nine years, set nine years after the second Max Payne game. Um, Max Payne finds himself in Sao Paulo, Brazil. He's working, um, for, as like a private security detail, um, kind of bodyguard for a really wealthy family. Um, and there's a lot going on there too. Like there's, he gets double crossed in that game. The family's also doing a lot of shady deals and all the people that Max Payne is trying to protect is getting executed in front of him and everything. And it, at this point in time, Max Payne's like a middle-aged man. He's like a, a, a he's an alcoholic. He's mm. he's gotten to the point where life sucks and he just can't handle it anymore. And he just kind of snaps, like in the, especially in the second half of that game, which you literally have to put in disc two back then um, to play mm. the second half of that game. He shaves his head. He's like he turns into this like just murder machine and he's like and McCaffrey's voice and the way that the character has progressed into this kind of like revenge fueled uh madman just changes completely um he has no uh patience anymore kind of thing in Max Payne 3 
like they wrote the mm. character that way where he's like I'm over it I don't care I hate this country I hate everyone here like I don't want to put up with this anymore kind of thing I don't understand what you're talking I can't even understand the language here's a bullet to the head kind of thing he's just Jesus it's just incredible oh, dear. like absolutely incredible how they Rockstar got the keys to Max Payne this you know fugitive cop that was kind of level headed but you know still trying to master chaos and turned him into this like I'm done I'm at it I've had my I'm at my wit's end everything's too much mm. for me to handle right now I've lost literally everything in my life I'm going to murder mm. half of Brazil kind of thing yeah that's it even like he, his hair slowly d- disappears from his head and then moves down to his chin yep. he goes <laughs> he does a very yeah. very uh, clear the hair beard. transformation over the course of that game and it's like the more beard the more angry and over it okay I get <laughs> it <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, it was good too because during the game, though, like it helped uh, players that didn't know much about Max Payne prior to Max Payne 3 because they would do full missions, like full. Uh, chapters where he's back in New Jersey kind of thing or New York and mm. you play, you know, you go through a whole mission where you're like chasing down uh, fugitives on the rooftops of New York kind of thing while the snow's falling and there's also a segment where you go back to the grave in New York and your, of, of your wife and daughter and then a big shootout of, you know, happens there as well kind of thing. So it gives you a lot of backstory, um, you know, to, 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 to try to make sense of why Max Payne is where he is and why he feels the way he does as well. So it's just incredible by Rockstar. Yeah, I, I love Max Payne 3. Definitely after... Uh, I'm a big fan of the Grand Theft Auto titles and definitely playing it after Grand Theft Auto 4, I'm like, oh, it's, it's weird. It's, it's like Rockstar, but it's linear now instead of mm-hmm. being open world. I think I was a little bit harsh on it because of that, but I, I you know... Look, looking back on it, it was doing some cool stuff. Like the bullet time stuff is a lot of fun. The dive mechanic, like diving and going into bullet time and shooting people is great. And, you know, I joked around about the whole hair moving from the head to the beard kind of a thing. But I love it when games do visual repre- visual representations of the character's arc and how they move through the story. Like it's like mm. Arthur Morgan, when you start Red Dead Redemption 2, looks completely different by the time you finish the game based on the choices that you make. Um, and yeah, super, super cool. And, and can I say with the original design of this one, I sent you a couple of photos in the chat, the original Max Payne face is fantastic. It's just, it was very, it was a literally just a picture of the creative director, Sam, Sam Lake's face, just like wrapped onto this model and it <laughs> looked ridiculous, but it's fucking great. Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 just cool to see where that character came from. One thing I want to follow yeah. up with you on there too, Zach. You mentioned it with Bullet Time, right? Like Max Payne mm. was a game that kind of really showed what Bullet Time was about, and then the Matrix game also, you know, incorporated that as well from the movie, clearly. Mm. But um, with Bullet Time in the third one, I'm glad Rockstar took that mechanic and did more with it, though. And what I mean by mm. that is, like, it's not mm. just you dive and you dive forward, backwards, everything slows down. They actually put it into story mechanic kind of transition into gameplay features, too. So, for mm. instance, they're in a club in the second mission, I think, of the game, and they're in this VIP booth, and the club's getting invaded by these terrorists, 
and Max runs up to a in in cinematic. Max runs up to a a, a bad guy, um, grabs him by the collar, and then pushes him through the glass of this VIP booth, which is on the second floor. And you fall in bullet time whilst holding this guy, um, shooting all of the guards coming down the stairs, kind of thing. All of the fugitives coming down the stairs, and you're doing that in bullet time. So they made all these kind of cinematic sequences on top of all of the, you know, on the gr- your feet on the ground kind of bullet time stuff, which I just adored. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. No, so that's cool. cool. <laughs> Great choice. Do, do you have any familiarity with Max Payne at all, Anthony? Uh, again, unfortunately, no. This was one of those franchises that just kind of passed me by. Uh, I did hear a lot of praise for Max Payne 3 at the time when I was, um, when it came out. Um, but yeah, just... Unfortunately, because of how I play games, I was like, I kind of got to play one and two, don't I? And then I was like, eh, I don't know if I can be bothered. <laughs> and so I never got around to it. The good news is Remedy's remaking one and two mm. at the moment. They've spoken to Rockstar and they've agreed that Remedy's going to use the control engine to Ooh. remake uh, Max Payne one and two. It's just going to be one game. So not one and nice, two are separate nice. games, but one game. Um, you, awesome. using the engine from Control, so that's also oh, upcoming. I love that. Yeah, I love that. It's there. You know, I was complaining about this with some friends recently. Of like, we are just remaking everything, aren't we? But it's like, <laughs> yeah, but also getting to play like Max Payne in like a current engine where it would look amazing. Like, I do want that. <laughs> I do want that. Yeah. I, I think remakes in general are, just, are far more justified in the gaming space than what they are mm. with movies. Like, at the mm. moment, Disney's on their fucking bullshit spree with just remaking everything beloved and making it live action and not mm. doing anything other than that to try and improve on what's happened in the past. But with with game development, the technology's come such a long yeah. way since oh, yeah. 2001 uh, you can re- truly make a new experience out of these old games, and mm, and yeah. also you're bringing them to a new generation as well too. A whole new generation of people are going to be seeing them that's never got to experience them before, but they get to experience them in this cool new way. And I love it. Like Absolutely, Dead Space yeah. Remake was one has been one of my favorite games of this year so far. Yeah. It's fantastic, and I may have never played the original dead space if this Mm. remake never existed and i'm so glad that i've got to so in the gaming space i'm all for it of remakes particularly Mm. with games like dead space one and now max Payne one and two which i haven't Mm. got to play before i now get to play them in a modern context because going back and trying to play older games it's definitely you can definitely feel the age a lot yeah. more unlike with movies where i think a lot of these old cartoons and stuff really do still hold up so yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely the last thing i'll say just to close off my um my two characters here as well is i really love that the developers of these games that i pick killer instinct and um max Payne, they still really love these characters even now so like hmm. uh you know R- rare all of the original creators that made killer instinct have pretty much left rare um, and they're all doing their own thing, Playtonic Games and a few other different places. But even on Twitter, they're posting about old games, Banjo-Kazooie, Killer Instinct, and they're giving facts. And right now it's a perfect dark year. It's a year in perfect dark in the actual game. It's 2023 in the game. So they're going through all the levels like, this is what we did on this day. This is what how we made it. I love it. And same with 
uh, Remedy. Remedy adore Max Payne. And Sam Lake and James mm. McCaffrey, even last year, got together and did a very quick YouTube video where Sam Lake dressed in Max Payne's outfit. <laughs> and you had and, and you had James McCaffrey doing voiceover and it was like ah. he was all he was doing is just standing there. Like Sam Lake was just standing there dressed as Max Payne and McCaffrey was doing the voice and he's like and they were talking about Max Payne's birthday and he's like, Birthdays are like bullets. Uh, you know, I don't want to do this. It was just so incredible to see these two developers that love the game oh. that much that they're going to do like, you know, they they've got to give back to the fans, even though they haven't worked on a Max Payne god knows how long <laughs> yeah I, I love that's just a side note i love when yeah. developers try and give back to the fans where they can um it's like as a cat just going back to fighting games for some reason dark stalkers it's never fucking coming back so <laughs> yeah throw a cost throw a costume in street fighter 5 that'd be nice thank you because i'm never fucking playing these characters again they're not coming back i know it <laughs> don't lie to me capcom <laughs> oh i love it i hope that um when you know the the anniversary for Forrest Gump comes around, <laughs> they get Tom Hanks standing there saying, "Mom says birthdays are like a box of chocolates." I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> they got to do it with everything now. It's just such a golden idea. Uh, oh. But I've got a golden idea, and it's I want to know mm. your next character, Anthony. So. Uh, with these last three, I feel we've we might have a little bit of a theme. I don't know. Okay. Because <laughs> um, uh, we're talking about very, I think, narrative heavy games. Mm. Um, about <laughs> bearded men <laughs> and their <laughs> issues with <laughs> maybe <laughs> anger and violence. <laughs> um, so I am I'm going to be talking about um, I think easily one of my favorite video game characters, and I think you will probably have a lot to say on this too, Zach. Um, Joel from The Last of Us played fucking immaculately by Troy Baker, like fucking incredible. Mm. Maybe one of the best video game performances, just period. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's much debate there. I feel you could say is like, oh, it's like, it's like, are they the, it's like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I, no, I, I, I will not be taking questions. Um, but uh, I would say gameplay probably isn't a huge focus here, although I think the gameplay of the of um the games that he appears in are spectacular. Mm. But really, this is about Joel as a character and as a performance, because it is one of one of my favorite characters just in games ever, because of the way he is written and the way he is performed again incredibly by Troy Baker. The story of a man like losing his daughter. And then trying to fill the void with, like, the surrogate daughter and then them building a different, maybe sort of a different relationship than he was expecting, but still something. And then how he has to handle potentially losing her and what that all means for him and just all these incredible details. And, again, just how Troy Baker captures that very, I guess, not not broken, although that is a part of it, but just, like, an old seen it all kind of person he he has experienced maybe the worst that humanity can offer in a way and he's been through it and he's kind of moved yeah he, he he's had to move move on because it's like if i if i don't move on i'm gonna die and i can't die so i've got to keep going i've got to do what it takes to keep surviving in this fucked up world and just yeah so much of that is so well 
portrayed in throughout the game and side note throughout the television show maybe we'll talk about another podcast anyway (laughs) um but yeah just i I love joel he's um i should say when i say i love joel (laughs) i don't love everything joel does um because he is obviously a very flawed character and he does a lot of bad things um see another podcast uh, about that but like i i love a character who is who who's so well presented that even though they've done all these awful things they've they've made these choices that i would never agree with and pr- could never probably do myself but i can understand them and i can see where they're coming from and i can i want to know more about them and why they do these things and what pushes them and what makes them tick and kind of all that and with joel we do get a lot of that we get to see how he treats like new people he comes across in the world and how that kind of reflects everything again he's been through with his very troubled past i don't know i get i'll I'll throw it to i don't know have you played the game at all aaron at this point i'm not sure no so unfortunately um no unfortunately my first playstation was a playstation 5 um which i got you know last year and it's unfortunately still on the list my wife has played um uh last of us part one and she really loves uh joel and ellie and you know uh, to be honest with you mate like troy baker the man alone makes me want to buy the game like you're talking <laughs> about this legendary voice actor who does Pagan Min from Far Cry, Talion from Lord mm. of the Rings, uh, Nathan Drake from Uncharted. The guy has a resume that's just pure gold. So yeah, based mm. on what oh, you're he telling wasn't me, Nathan. I'm, sorry, I'm about to say he wasn't Nathan. Yeah, he was. was he was Sam, the brother. That was who was that? That's Nolan. Uh, that's the uh, that's the other that's the other guy. Yeah, Nolan they, North. you're right. They are like yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, parallel to each other. Sorry about that, but they kind of are. Yeah, an interesting oh, they're they're, yes. like, they're homies. They hang out all the time. I think they had a podcast together at one point. I don't know if it's still going. Ah. I don't know if they do anymore. Yeah, but they did have a podcast for a while. Anywho, yeah. sorry, Aaron. <laughs> no, no, no. Essentially, I was wrapping up just saying that. Yeah, the man, the man uh, mm. alone. His stature alone makes me want to play the games. And now that you've dived into this as as much as you have here. Yeah, I've never been more interested to pick up Last of Us. Yeah. Oh, Aaron, that performance is just uh, as as Anthony said. It, it's it's probably my favorite video game performance ever. Mm. Uh, it's uh, I think it, the Last of Us Part One has my favorite ending to mm-hmm. any piece of media. I think yep. as well. It is yep. such a good ending. Like m- maybe Red Dead Redemption One, but I, I think it's. I think mm. Last of Us still has to have it for me. But Red Dead Redemption One was a great ending as well. But even just in the intro, every single time I play The Last of Us Part One, whether it be Ooh. originally when it came out, I think in what 2013 or 2012. Ah, uh, actually, yes, I forgot to mention that this. Uh, yeah, 2013 was the first 20, time. 20, 2013. We met Joel. And then yes. again, playing the remaster in 2014. And then again, playing the remake <laughs> in 2022. I think it came out last year. Two, yes. Like late last year, late last the year. The PC port came later. Let's yes. not talk about that. But every single time playing that intro, I am in tears. Mm. It knows how to pull at your heartstrings. And uh, uh, Troy Baker's strong performance is at the very core of that. Mm. So so good, and and as mm. you mentioned, Anthony, just the writing is so impeccable. I love 
a character that is so well thought out and flawed. Like, I don't. Mm. If a character's perfect, they're boring. You don't no, want yeah, that. Yeah. You, you need <laughs> them to be flawed. You need them to have an arc. And Joel's arc is possibly one of the best in any video game ever. You slowly, as his relationship with with Ellie. Uh, sorry, as, as the his bond with Ellie grows, you see Joel change as a character and his mm. motivations and what's keeping him alive change from survival, pure, pure survival to love and f- family um, mm. with with Ellie being very much a, a not, not a substitute, but like a stand-in for his own daughter. He starts to see yeah. her as his daughter. Holy shit! And, and just in general, you could you you probably could have picked Ellie as well too. They're 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 both such. I almost great characters. did. I almost did. I uh, I'm not going to get into it, but yeah, there are things of a podcast <laughs> that maybe <laughs> yes. are why it's like yeah. I think like maybe it's just the story of Joel and how it kind of begins and ends as we know it now. It's like kind of perfect the way it is. I think it's like this is kind of what it should be. Yeah, in a way. Um, oh, dear. Uh, but. I think I just just to finish off with this, like I always make this joke whenever people talk to me about The Last of Us, where it's like, this is a man who <laughs> did maybe one of the worst things you can imagine because he couldn't get over his daughter dying. And I love that like that simple explanation is actually kind of the best part of it. It's like like it is that simple, but it is also incredibly complicated. But it like that is the basis of the characters like he could not get over losing his daughter. And that is why he does everything he's going to do. And that is, I, I, it's just so incredible the way it's presented, though. It's not just that. It's, like, a lot of other things. But that is, that is the, like, starting point. And, like, look at how it changes and develops. It's like, oh, insane. Oh. Insane. And, insane. and <laughs> as you mentioned before, Anthony, probably one of the best video game adaptions ever, that mm. HBO series. Pedro Pascal absolutely kills mm. it as Joel... So so good. I'd recommend if you're not if you're not into video games, check that out. But yeah, but The Last of Us Part One. It's uh, I think it is absolutely a, a must play. Uh, Anthony, oh, do you yeah. have anything left to say on the on uh, Joel Miller? Not uh, not really. But yeah, it is as I as I mentioned already. It's like incredible character, incredible writing, performance, mm. everything. And also, this is one of the few ones where, and again, maybe it'll be a bit... Actually, this is, again, another theme, a bit relevant. Motion capture performances. Because, <laughs> um, obviously, Troy Baker also did the motion capture um, mm. for um, Joel. He wasn't just the voice, um, mm. which is obviously... it. I think even... I looked it up. I think McCaffrey also did the uh, motion capture for Max Payne uh, 3. Max Payne 3. Yeah, 3. So, yeah. Um, and uh, same with... Um, I'm or- I've already forgotten his name, and I feel bad. Arthur Morgan. Uh, Arthur, Arthur Morgan. Thank yeah, you. Roger Clark. Roger yes, Clark. Roger Clark also did that. It's like it is. That is also another aspect um, of performance that we don't maybe talk about as much mm-hmm. is visual, like physical performance, and how mm-hmm. that matters. Because obviously, when you're playing most of the game, you- you're behind the shoulder, you're doing one of these. But in the cutscenes, you do get to see you know them flex themselves with their acting physically as well as like vocally. Um, and it's it's great. It's another. It is it is a great performance for a great character in probably my. It, it's easily in my top ten games. I just couldn't tell you where it yeah. it, it moves and slides because it's like I did like this game. 
Yeah, but The Last of Us, it's like kind of needs to yeah, stay on there somewhere. Then Balan Wonderworld came out as well, and that's going to oh, go. Oh, yeah, of course. It's like, well, fuck this garbage. <laughs> Trash. Yeah, I can't change in the bin. change suits in, in Last of Us. What is this bullshit? I want my, my suit powers. Oh, I can dear. press more than one button. What the fuck? What do I do with all these buttons? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the developer, yeah. the developer's changing suits right now to a lovely shade of orange as he goes to prison for two and a half Yeah, <laughs> yup, yup. Yuji Naka's probably might be Ooh. heading to prison. Who yep. knows? Yeah, God, Ooh. he's he's up for uh, insider trading. Yep. Oh, oh holy uh, shit! Anyway. <laughs> One thing I just want to quickly say um, on on Last of Us as well, so I haven't played it, but. Um, I respect the two voice actors that uh, that have oh. made that game so much, and I love the fact that even HBO respects those voice actors so much so that they couldn't even do the show without having those both of those characters oh, yeah. come yeah. into the show and actually do performances like I've never seen before, especially who played um, Ellie in the show in the Ashley game Johnson. to to the show. Oh, next level! A- Ashley Johnson is Ashley Johnson. one of my favorite yep. actresses. She's incredible. I wish yeah. she was in more stuff. <laughs> She's so good. I, I'd argue, yeah, both Ashley Johnson and, uh, oh, fuck. Troy Baker. <laughs> Troy, Troy Baker. Baker both absolutely kill it in yep. the show. They, you know, they have small parts, I believe. Uh, Ashley Johnson's Ellie's mum is only in it for yes. a brief moment. And, uh, uh, yeah, Troy Baker's also only in there briefly. But they both do an excellent job, and I'm really glad that they show... Uh, they paid homage to their voice Respect. acting performances by having them oh, yeah. in... The actual show itself. And if you're mm. interested in hearing more about The Last of Us Part 1 and 2 and also the HBO show, I might be appearing on an episode of What Do You Think About This? Some t- stage in the near future if the mm. fucking cunt editing it <laughs> will hurry up and fucking finish. <laughs> in my defense. <laughs> That's yeah. it. <laughs> Good defense. <laughs> the defense rests. Oh. Yeah. Same same defense lawyer that uh, Yuki Naga had, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, as you see, Your Honor, that's all that needs to be yeah. said. Oh dear. Now we, we've we've talked oh. about a lot of mm. iconic characters here. Arguably, some of the most iconic characters in any video game. I'm only just realizing now. <laughs> How sexist this episode is because we've picked all men. Oh no, <laughs> we have. Well, well Fogel's a machine. In our defense, in our defense, it's in our defense. It's the industry's fault because they don't push enough on us. Yeah. Blame the, the industry, industry's folks. fault. They're the yeah, problem. we're not sexist. Yeah. Yeah. It's the industry's well, fault. Well, Scorpion's a demon. Scorpion's a demon, and Fogel's a machine. So, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fogel has no gender. Exactly. Zach, get woke. Yeah, true, true that. I should have chosen Ellie. You're right. <laughs> so you'd say full god being a robot is binary and non-binary. That's right. Hey. You got him, boys. Hey. You, you did it. Ones and zeros. Now. <laughs> yes. Now, oh, <laughs> on the theme of, of, of male characters. And look, if, if, I, if, I, if this list was stretched out to, you know, three or four characters, mm. you know, I'd be putting Aloy on here, oh, Ellie yeah. on Joanna here. Joanna Dark. Yep. So mm. many iconic Lady characters that we just have not spoken about here, as we are we are uh, limiting it Zelda. to two weeks, specifically from Breath of the Wild. Just yes, Link. The, <laughs> so Link. many. Wake up, Link. <laughs> Open your eyes. Anyway, <laughs> oh, dearie me. 
But this anyway. iconic character, it, it probably, out of, out of all the ones we've spoken about, might be the most iconic, if, if mm-hmm. not, maybe, maybe only beaten out by Scorpion. Mm. I'm talking about Kratos from the God of War series. Yes, I'm, I'm sure anyone listening to this right now isn't surprised that I yeah. picked Kratos because I don't shut the fuck up about God of War. But there's a reason why. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be Wario. <laughs> it's, it's Waluigi. Yeah. I, I love his characterization in the in the Mario tennis games. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Kratos is... Such a fantastic character. He first appeared in God of War 2005 on PlayStation 2, and he was voice acted very well, I must say, by Terence C. Carson, mm-hmm. who played Kratos in 10 different God of War games. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. 10 different games, seven of those being God of War titles and spin offs. Yes. <laughs> he also played Kratos in <laughs> Everybody's Golf. Yeah. <laughs> in Soul Calibur and uh, in PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, which <laughs> I, I didn't know that Kratos was in in, in everybody's golf, but I, I, I just love the idea of like, you know, putting with the, the blades of Olympus, you know what I mean? <laughs> so or, or, yeah, R- ridiculous. But I, I think the thing I love about Kratos and the reason why it's such a powerful character for me is Kratos has gone on this massive arc and transformation so initially when Kratos was being played by Terence C. Carson in these original set of games Kratos was a little bit of a one-note character as this man wants to get revenge he's angry and he will stop at nothing and it's not really until the third god of war game that you're actually starting to see some ramifications for the fucked up thing he's doing Hmm. fucked up things he is doing by by murdering all of the gods but holy shit like it when i was a teenager that was perfect for me you know i'm a i'm a i'm a a teenage boy i'm full of testosterone so a game where you can just rip and tear through a bunch of enemies with a big angry man shouting out Ares. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, so Every fucking time. good. And I, I think a lot of it was was not just the character itself with this iconic design. You know, he's got the, the ashes of his dead mm. family seared to his skin, which is why he appears white and is called the Ghost of Sparta. Uh, oh. He has this awesome tattoo over his body, which you find out later on in life is is a a ode to his brother. dead brother yeah. who had these 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 birthmarks when he was born. Um, so so cool a character with a massive backstory, and that we haven't even seen the end of their story yet. We are still getting Kratos content because, of course, in 2018, God of War was rebooted, and mm. I would say the character of Kratos was rebooted as well. Played by Christopher Judge, fucking perfectly, so, so well. Kratos got brought into the modern generation and just had just had so many more layers. Yes, he's angry god of war. He still wants to do the smashy, smashy and the cutty, cutty, but now he's got a son that he's got to guide through this crazy world of Norse mythology it is in the new ones. And he, he, he definitely 
has to grapple with himself as this angry and violent character and basically try and teach Atreus so he doesn't end up repeating the same mistakes that Kratos made throughout his previous journeys. So, so good. I've never seen a studio be able to get a character that was so iconic from a series and reboot them and have them not only work in a narrative sense in that I I totally believe it's the same Kratos from the first games in the 2018 game, but to just layer them so much and make them this more complicated and, and interesting character, they've just done such an amazing job. And it's a testament to the writers at Sony Santa Monica. They absolutely killed it. Corey Barlog as a director, mm-hmm. absolutely killed it. It's my favorite game of all time. And I think Kratos would have to be my favorite character of all time based on everything I've just said. Now, I know I, I, I may have stepped on some toes here. I made sure when we decided to do this episode that I was like, I'm doing Kratos because I knew oh, that yeah. there was at least a chance that either of you could have picked Kratos as one of your most favorite video game characters of, of all time. So, uh, Aaron, maybe we'll start with you. What are, I know Kratos, you you are a fan of. What, are, what does Kratos mean to you? Yeah, so you've said this all perfectly and I give you credit there. Um, Kratos is an amazing character. Um, I was, uh, believe it or not, like I mentioned just before, PlayStation was never my console. Um, and I got a PS5 and I decided, you know what, let's do a bit of explore- exploring here. Let's go back and, and, and try to play some of these iconic games so I can understand, you know, who are these PlayStation mascots. And I went back and I played every God of War. Um, I haven't finished Ascension yet. I'm still on that one. Mm. But I've finished all the other ones, uh, including the PSP ones. Um, I finished the God of War 2018 and I'm still working on Ragnarok at the moment. Uh, Mm. I agree with you. I think that they did an Mm -hmm. incredible job of building this such a dynamic character um, and then have him uh, transform in the the reboot, Um, but, but still keep it grounded though to who he was um and you know put him on a new path in life and uh, but but not take away from what made the original god of wars great too with the epic moments and you know the 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 hack and slash nature of it um now you've mentioned to me zach we we had lots of conversations about god of war and kratos when i started playing the original ones um and you were saying to me that the fan base has been divided at one point where there are a lot of fans that prefer the old god of war games um to the new reboot um i put myself in that category of loving the revenge fueled i don't care i'm here to kill no mercy kind of bloodlust out of his mind Kratos to the kind of more grounded as a father, do what I say, but not as I do kind of father that he is in the, um, in the new ones. Uh, but I still respect it all though. Like I'm not trying to throw shade at it. I, I prefer the old, mm. but I absolutely love what they've done with the new one. And I think it is the right direction for naughty. Uh, no, not naughty dog. Uh, Santa Monica, right? Sony Santa Monica. Sony Santa Monica. It's the right direction. And um, yeah, you picked an incredible character. So I, I agree with you. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anthony? Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm here. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I guess, conversely, I was someone who... I couldn't really get into Kratos in the earlier games, unfortunately. I just think the huge revenge quest um, with very little consequences, until about the third okay. game, where Ka- where Corey Balrog really started taking over. Um, you could... Re- and that's I think that is when the franchise as well started speaking to me a bit more, was when... 
Corey took over as like the main writer, main director in a lot of the cases, um, and especially into the Norse trilogy, uh, Norse duology, I should say, not trilogy. Hmm. Um, you see a lot of yeah. What I think, I think Corey has this really good idea about the character and how they should evolve and transform. And yeah, as you as you mentioned, Zach, the the fact that it is consistent despite the huge change and despite everything that's gone on in this franchise. It is a consistent character arc um, throughout them of him learning from what has happened and still being angry and still being rageful, but kind of focusing it and controlling it and like learning from it and instilling that in his son. And like, and I love just, there's so many things I love. It's the, the Norse duology, both those games I think Ragnarok would be an, also in my top 10. Mm. Uh, I don't know where I'd place um, 2018. It would probably also be in there. I just don't know where. But Ragnarok was one of my favorite game experiences of last year. It only got beaten out by Elden Ring. Um, and it's just an incredible story with incredible char- like an incredible character and incredible performances from both actors. I think... While obviously I enjoy Christopher Judge a lot, there is a lot to be said about that original performance. It was, I, I as I joke with the Aries, a little over the top, but I'll, I think there is a lot of character to that. A lot of character to that of that very like just angry and just uh, like it was an over the top character. Like you're this 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 it, yeah, tiny yeah. little Spartan dude taking down fucking. Colossus, Colossi, or whatever, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. like massive beast. You, you need it was, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The voice acting had to match it. Yeah, you need that screaming to the heavens voice, whereas obviously Christopher Judge is playing a very subdued uh, performance, which is the point. It's, yeah, that rage has subsided. It's, it's, it's not faded, but it's like underneath the surface, and it does come out, and those are some of the best moments in the game, and just incredible moments throughout the entire series. Like, I can't even say just the Norse games. There are incredible moments in basically every game he's appeared in. Mm. Um, I'm sure everyone's golf has a great moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a moment where, again, he gets he can't get his par under two and he just releases the Spartan Rage under the green. Just, like, I will kill the god of greens. <laughs> 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 Um, but no, it's like, yeah, I, th- I think we all love this character, and I think it's obvious yeah. that he is a huge, like, just incredible character from this franchise that mm. we all that we all love in, in, in all our different ways, and that's the other thing that's neat. We can all enjoy him for his different aspects, but all of those aspects are still the same character, yes. and that's, that is kind of a crazy thing about um, Kratos and his whole journey. Yeah, I agree. 2018 was such a good year for games. Like we had Red <laughs> Dead 2, we had the God of War remake. So those are the two that where the two characters are from that I spoke about in this episode. But yeah, there was things like Monster Hunter World, Sp- Marvel Spider-Man, Celeste, Super Smash Bros Ultimate. There was so many good titles in 2018 and then yeah, even God of War's Ragnarok's release year was another killer mm. year with Elden Ring, Horizon Forbidden West, and God of War Ragnarok alone. Mm. Oh, dear. Sorry, that was 2022, I believe, that one. Just last year. Fucking what Yeah, a 2021 year for- was a bit of a quiet year. 
we were still dealing with COVID delays. 2022 was just, Everything. that was PlayStation's year, like, wasn't it? It was, uh, I mean, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you had for Horizon and you had God of War, right? And absolutely nothing mm. from Xbox. And I don't think there was anything yeah. from Nintendo that was noticeable either. Yeah, no. Uh, ooh, no, yeah, probably not. Oh, what are you talking that, about? Man. They had the the perfect game Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which had no Ooh. issues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, not good character. We shit on it, but Jedi Survivor came out bad. <laughs> <laughs> on PC. Yeah. Oh, but dear. anyway. Lads, do we have any... Thing left to say on Kratos. Nah. What I love about I think we I think, I think last oh, yeah. sorry last thing I say about Kratos in my eyes is like like we I've mentioned before I'm a fan of the old you guys are a fan of the new um, but you respect the old and vice versa I respect the new but I'm a fan of the old yeah. the the good thing about like Kratos is it does have some like that character no matter where in his journey it does have something that's for everybody right like there's any type of game player out there that likes single net player games uh and just wants to try a single player game kratos delivers in either the original mm. or the new kind of thing like it's not ever going to be a miss if you know what i'm saying by jumping on to god of war um which is what i really love and respect and the last thing i'm going to say too is outside of kratos the camera work in the new games, oh my god, if mm. every single player game moving forward can have the one frame camera, the one, not frame, but the one camera one movement. Shot. Yeah, one shot, that's it. Mm. The one shot camera movement like they've done, and I don't know if they're utilizing Sony pictures here or influenced by them in order to create that. Oh my god, perfect. Mm. Yeah, we, we've seen a little bit of that. I know Assassin's Creed Valhalla had a cool one shot sequence at the very beginning of it, mm. but yeah, we're not seeing... Many games coming out with the one shot from beginning to end, like God of War 2018 and Ragnarok does. I think Dead Space Remake yeah. did do that. But yeah, it's it's very few and far in between. But it just, I don't know, it, it keeps you in the experience so much more. It's it's so bloody good. Anthony, do you have anything left to say on Kratos? No, yeah. I think I think we've set our piece. And yeah, I just, incredible character. It's just, and yeah. Yep. I'll leave it with this. Boy. What a good character. (laughs) (laughs) And that'll do us for this bonus episode of News to Reviews, our favourite video game characters. God, there could have been so many more we could have picked, but this episode would have gone on for hours and hours. Aaron, thanks so much for being here. Oh, always a pleasure, mate. I love when you get a text message and you see Zach there going, mate, jump on the potty. I need you. I love it. Mate. <laughs> bloody. Oh, bloody. <laughs> and uh, Anthony, you're always there whenever I need you to do these bonus episodes and to fill in for Lockie as well. It's always much appreciated. We always have a good time chatting games. Thank you so much for jumping on this bonus episode. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Maybe an episode of what do you think about this? That's Hopefully the- it's out by the time this is done anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully the episode will be fully edited and done by the time this is out. Considering when this is coming out, I should it should well and truly be out. Mm-hmm. But yes, go to the podcast. Zach's been on it a few times. Probably soon again. <laughs> you'll be able to find all the links to what for what do you think about this in the description of the podcast down below as well as all of news to reviews links 
But the best way you can help us out is by leaving us a rating or review wherever you happen to listen to the podcast or do it for any podcast that you like and you get something out of. It takes no time, costs no money, and really does make us feel the warm and fuzzy feelings on the inside. <laughs> Alrighty, here we go. It's time for the final words of wisdom. Lads, do you, have, do you have anything for us or do you want me to just say something? You do it for once. Yeah, you do it, Zach. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you do it. Come on, Zach. Uh, I'd like to just make a public apology for this very, very sexist episode of News <laughs> to Reviews. Apologies to all our lady listeners out there. We do love lady characters. They're fantastic. I swear I love women. I swear to <laughs> God, please, no... <laughs> Don't cancel me. I don't even have a presence yet. <laughs> and yeah, let us know uh, in Spotify. I always like to ask questions on Spotify. Let us know what your favourite video game characters are of all time. I'm very curious to hear from all of you. And everyone out there, please take care of yourselves and take care of one another. first character that he's picked anthony what do you got for us so it's interesting um sorry one started- second i need to, i need to pee and then we'll jump into yours <laughs> i see how i see how it is i see he just how it gaslit is. you in a way <laughs> yeah it's like oh let's get ready to go but not really though fuck you <laughs> i'd rather take a piss than listen to your opinion <laughs> dickhead uh. so i'd like to uh. hear what you have to say anthony i'm just gonna fuck off for a bit <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was quite, comedically it was quite funny just oh okay i see how it is <laughs> so good that is so good that's classic zach i love it <laughs> oh that was funny <laughs>